Oh, he wouldn't was have he, gotten was he a that first round pick. No, yeah, Tim Tebow gets to the first round because of the whiteness. That's what I was saying. There were we there were questions about like, He's yo, is he really game. is he really that good at the next level, despite being the best college quarterback ever? But those were legit, you know, questions to have. And then I remember Cam Newton coming out. This is a real thing. It's a real Sports Illustrated cover. Should it be Cam Newton or Jake Locker? It was a real thing <laughs> that happened. And so, and, and that was, yeah, people are like, who's Jake Locker? Welcome in to all my naysayers, ladies and gentlemen, SP and Ross's Untitled College Football Podcast. How do your Saturdays feel? Uh, how's your New Year's feel? How do your New Year's, how's 2024 feel? Uh, let a naysayer know out there. How are you guys feeling? Shout out to Reese Davis. Um what a what a what a way to ring in the new year. What a first day of the year. We will talk about all the New Year sixes. We're gonna get into game reviews, probably the most game review heavy episode of the year, as makes sense once you get to playoff and kind of New Year's six bowl time. Makes sense to just really dive into some of these big picture and the games themselves. So I think we'll talk there. Um, I always like to start with something else, but man, 2024, great, great way to start the day or great way to start the new year with those college football playoff games before we dive into them just off top. What a great day that was. Yeah, man. 2024 is going to have some great things to come. I'm really excited about everything that's coming up for this year. And obviously with our college football slate, this is probably... Um, the best semis we've had in a while, maybe ever. Yes, it was by, uh, I think by the numbers, which we'll get into by the games themselves, the storylines. Um, I think this has been probably the semis, like we, I definitely had mentioned before coming in, the average margin of victory in the first round of those games was 19 points over the 10 year span of the college football playoffs. So, we definitely did not get that in these two matchups so that we, we do have to say this is probably the best version. Um, they went out on top. Like I said, the committee wanted to make a statement going out on top and they wanted to do their best to provide the two best television games matchups. They, I think they did that with the caveat that we might talk about. But before we get to games... Even though that's kind of, we'll, we'll start with the Rose Bowl. It will be the first game. But I wanted to hop onto a quick note, as we always do. Just one big thought, kind of off the field. Um, this one is something that is not surprising to me, I will say. I'm not going to say I called it. At some point, I probably made reference to. We knew the Drake May end of 
the discussion as it revolved around Caleb Williams. It was always going to be a thing that they would always be compared, that it would be, be just because the NFL draft needs to sell you something to tune into whenever that airs. And on years where you either know who the number one overall draft pick is, they need to sell that person really, really hard. Or years where you don't know who the number one draft pick is, if it's not, especially if it's not a quarterback, they that's what they hate, right? When there's no quarterback and and well, they kind of love it because you'll tune in, but they don't really know what to promote. When it's two quarterbacks, that's their absolute dream. Dream scenario is two what the pro scouts will consider franchise quarterbacks coming into a draft if they are on relatively even footing in enough people's eyes, they love to do it. And the wet dream is white versus black. White quarterback, black quarterback. The dream is two quarterbacks. The wet dream and the dirty, Especially dirty when dream. when there's a style clash. <laughs> yes. And in this case, Drake May needs to be considered, like, they are similar in this case, right? Drake May and Caleb are both, like, Drake May is more of an athlete outside of the pocket than the typical uh, predecessor in the white boy quarterback mold. So I feel like we need to establish firmly the mold of white boy quarterback, right? So this is just like factual. This isn't my bias. This isn't me reaching. This isn't me looking for like stuff that's not there. This is just go back and research this year and year after year after year. If there is ever a big, tall, it helps if they're blonde and John Skelton. But if there's ever a big, <laughs> tall, strong, toolsy white guy, the amount of belief in the potential and upside and what he could be that they will give that guy to elevate him to a status of being considered with what is often the black quarterback, sometimes white, but often the black quarterback who on that same college level literally performs better than said toolsy counterpart, but is called a system quarterback or a college quarterback or that scrambling won't work in college or he didn't run the pro style offense. Like they will find so many reasons why that guy won't work out in the pros, but the big toolsy white guy absolutely will. And and if it if it's ever like a like a Josh Allen like the white guy now is athletic, kind of like Drake May or Mitch Trubisky or like that now it's they like now that's cool now it's cool to be super mobile and and dual threat. Trevor Lawrence, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like now it's cool when it when it was Cam Newton or when it was even like I guess Tim Tebow's the one white quarterback that was kind of a victim of being what black people went through, but then not really. Cause then he got white treatment at a certain point, but like when it was these other, you know, like Dennis Dixon, no way that that could happen. Or if even Tim Tebow would, could, would Tim Tebow, if he were black. Oh, he wouldn't have he, gotten he a first round pick. No. Yeah. Tim Tebow gets to the first round because of the whiteness. That's what I was saying. There were, we, there were questions about like, He's yo, is he really, game? is he really that good at the next level? despite being the best college quarterback ever, but those were legit, you know, questions to have. And then I remember Cam Newton coming out. This is a real thing. It's a real Sports Illustrated cover. Should it be Cam Newton or Jake Locker? It was a real thing <laughs> that happened. And so, and, and that was, yeah, people are like, who's Jake Locker? 
um, that was a real thing that happened. So like Vince, Vince Young, very much ahead of his time in terms of let Vince Young get drafted right now. Right, He'd be looking a lot closer to Lamar Jackson, I think, than he looked to the Vince Young that we saw, even despite, you know, he had some success in Tennessee with mediocre Jeff Fisher and yeah, all that. He was a co-offensive rookie of the year. He had success yeah, even beyond that. Even beyond that, yeah. I remember having some of those seasons where it's just like, they, yo, he, yes, he's not your traditional one, two, three, hit the West Coast off at like, but use what he is good at and you can see. So like, again, ahead of his time. But the, the game has transitioned to now the mobility, the athleticism of quarterbacks is a plus. And so that is being <laughs> seeked out in quarterbacks. Yet and still, though, somehow Dak Prescott fourth round. Mitch Trubisky, number one overall. Mm -hmm. uh, Lamar mm -hmm. Jackson, not sure if you should even play quarterback, son. Like, about to be two-time MVP, bunch of whole NFL teams were actively, like, we do not want him. We do not want to trade for him. Lamar Jackson even though no one get asked. a team last year. The MVP yeah. the Ravens the NFL like, this year. The Ravens were like, does anybody want the MVP? Yeah, anybody? And a lot of bad teams were like, nope, we're good. We're good over we're here. Like, here loud. We got like, it. Very, very loudly. Like, no, we, do, we don't want the MVP to a way that I've never heard any other. Like, you don't hear other teams loud about not wanting any quarterback. So that was weird. Like, it's just, it, it's not, it, it's too systemic and obvious and like the black quarterback thing there are way more than there ever were but there is still the blight of the black quarterback and just the treatment of it the double standardness of it where and how we apply when it's a positive to be big and strong and athletic and fast and when it's not mm -hmm. so it, it 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 was a thing that i knew would happen and it sucks because for drake may drake may's like it didn't ask for this Right. He just happens to be really good in any other draft class. I would say, like in last year's draft class, if they were coming out, I would say take Drake May over. And this is not hindsight. I was not a big Bryce Young person. I said Anthony Richardson over all of them. We, we, you know, we saw flashes of him. And then, you know, CJ Stroud and Bryce, I was like, I'd take CJ because he's a little bit bigger. But I, I wasn't thrilled on, on any of them. I think Drake May could be very good in the right situation. I don't think Drake May should be compared to Caleb Williams. I think these are two totally separate prospects. I think Drake May has raw kind of flaws in the game, in his game. I'm not going to get too deep into it for time's sake. That just aren't there with Caleb Williams. Like when I'm trying to pick apart Caleb Williams' game, the layer and level that I have to go to like nitpick what he's not good at is a level that you really only got to with like the Andrew Luck thing is because of his size too. And he was that mobile and he was smart. Um, I don't think Caleb's getting enough credit for how cerebral he is and how quickly he really does read these defenses um, and how bad that O-line was. But I just think it's a different conversation. And I, I, I just don't – I don't want those two to be compared. I certainly don't want to see J.J. McCarthy projections in the first round out of absolutely nowhere when Jane Daniels and Michael Penix are going to have to go through the thing that I just talked about, right? Like, all of a sudden, J.J. McCarthy being in the first round when people are like, hey, I don't know about Penix just dropping dimes every week, or I don't know about Jane Daniels. So the thing is going to happen. 
But I'm, this is this is all to get to the Bears and say, please don't like Justin Fields that much. Like this is not a knock on Justin Fields. He's good. Trade him. Get a haul. If you pass on Caleb Williams, who I actually don't want to see on the Bears, but just for the sake of being smart, I really this is the last time I'll say it until after the draft. Can't stress how special I think he is, and passing on him, I think would just be stupid. Yeah, that's that's gonna be. I don't I don't know if I would want to be Ron Poles right now. He has a difficult decision on his hands. Um, because I think there there's a there's a question of like how good the prospect is, and then there's questions about your team, what your team needs, and what's in the best position you for the future. So, Caleb Williams may be so great that at least if people think he is. He'll command a hall that can set your team up for the next five years. Now, is that going to be worth it? And now, Caleb, Caleb Williams is a generational quarterback. It's not going to be worth it. If you're anything less Correct. than that, you come out ahead. So, yeah, I, I tend to agree with you. And from the Bears situation, it seems like the locker room, I, I don't care what the fans think because the whole the, – I've seen a lot of arguments on land. They're like, yo, the, the fans, really, they, they were chanting, we want fields. I don't care about that. The fans – like, if you make decisions based on what your fans think, you're a horrible owner and a horrible franchise. If the locker room is rallying around Justin Fields to an extent, I I understand that. And the haul you would get for Caleb Williams would be greater than the haul you will get for Justin Fields. I can't deny that. What I guess I would argue is that what I would argue is the difference between having Caleb Williams plus Hall for Justin Fields that I could still use to me is greater than Justin Fields plus Hall I get from Caleb Williams. But that's just my analysis of it. If the Bears don't feel that way or whatever team, if teams don't feel that way based on their analysis, so be it. I, I believe C.J. Stroud should be a example to many a team that here is a guy that all of us I don't I, I don't really know anyone out there who is very hardly pounding the table that this kid could be a franchise difference making carry the team on his back level quarterback which is what he was for a large part of this year has a shot at the playoffs this week that was the second round pick Right, so Carolina messed around and took the wrong guy, and you see how that looks. So I get the cautionary tale against that. However, Bryce Young, Caleb Williams, not the same. Yeah, I was, I was just saying that I think any any quarterback in Carolina this past year or this year was not going to do well. So I think we need some time to to figure out how good is Bryce Young, how good was that decision, uh, based on you know the next probably three to five years. But it, I, I watched the game. I went to the Saints-Panthers game. No one was in there selling that system. That team was a mess. Yeah. No, I don't I don't necessarily disagree. I just think – I think that – and, again, not to, because we could do an episode on this in the offseason. But I think the key to this and the skill to this, and I guess this is the part where I have to say I am, I am bragging about a certain level of being able to evaluate and call these things now – because that's mm-hmm. what the that's what the job is. Because of that, like giving me three to four years to see like like that that should be easy. And some teams in the NFL are still bad at that. So I 
these a lot of people uh, and I, this sounds like arrogant but i mean you we can watch what happens on sundays and you know sometimes nepotism and hiring in a boys club will get you this there's a lot of people who are not very good at their jobs in terms of the evaluation and i get a lot of it is hard but i think there's a lot of it that people <sighs> make way more difficult than it is like they refuse to believe that it can sometimes be as simple as are you just watching this person play football and can you compare because personally i can't and i've really thought hard about this can you compare another singular individual quarterback that you watch play have more just talent than caleb williams I mean, no. I mean, maybe, Caleb Williams' maybe arm Cam, talent is elite. Maybe Cam Newton, but Cam Newton, even in college, the accuracy throws, everything being high. Like, I just remember him constantly either high or grounding the ball because of that release thing. He was – that, and that was an, an, an accuracy thing. He got a little bit better in the pro uh, – not even a little. He improved upon that in the pros on a Carolina team. Was yeah, until he hurt his shoulder. Yeah, right. And that, but like in, in his prime run on a Panthers team with Steve Smith, and then not even Steve Smith after that, where it was just Greg Olson. Like he he improved his accuracy, but that was always the thing with Cam Newton was he was not the most deathly accurate. He would miss on throws that were there. That's that is the knock that he was Achilles. That was his Achilles heel. Caleb Williams, I'm telling you, I'm trying to find what is the thing that this he does not do well. And you can point to maybe reckless with the ball, the decision-making at times, once or twice a game with some of the throws. Not even, oh, he was fooled. I, I will, I'm, I've watched uh, two games. I'm going to watch as much of the tape on quarterbacks because I like doing that to really see some of this. I remember in live time, one coverage completely confused him. But I'm even looking for, is he confused by coverage versus is he just trying to make this play? And I've this could sound like excuse-making, but he's on a team where he knows it's me against the world. My O-line is not going to block. Most of my receivers aren't going to be open. We don't have much of a running game. And when the defense gets on the field, the other team has seven points. So... I, 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 this three and out, or just take this check down and punt the ball, like play that smart football. Can't do it, right? I, I can't do it, or I can, but then we won't can't even win. Do we, we won't even win seven games. We'll win five. So like I, I can't, I, like I can't play that way. I believe on an NFL team with a professional organization, like you know, people side of the ball I'm also. a professional organization of the NFL <laughs> like I mean if the Bears think that keeping Justin Fields like if they think that's in, like structurally as an institution that they are good enough that we're going to rally and build around Justin Fields then you should feel that you could do that with Caleb Williams who again this is just me who is better that's just what I think he could come in. He could be a bust. He could. We will see. Um, but that's just my assessment of it. And so it's not as easy. To, I get it. It's not my job. It's it's Ryan Pohl's job. But man, like I gotta tell you, I 
it seems like they just get fooled when Justin Fields has a good game and forget about all the games like the Minnesota game where he couldn't stop going to Minnesota. So I just, I don't, that's the same person. Like, and maybe the coach has to go and he needs more help. All that may be true, but I just, yeah. And Justin Fields will cost more money soon. Caleb Williams will be, if I'm not sure, uh, this is something I'm a hundred, I'm a hundred percent certain on this. If I'm not sure about either thing, I will take the one that costs seven million dollars a year, nine and twelve, as opposed to the one who very soon costs twenty-five mil, thirty mil a year. Because if I'm unsure, let me be cheap and unsure. So that 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 all it's a it's a big equation. It's not always so easy, but certain evaluations aren't always as difficult. And I just feel like if Caleb Williams was a white guy, he would be the greatest prospect since John Elway. Like Trevor Lawrence got to be. But Trevor Lawrence, who I'm like the only person that I know who after his freshman year said, does no one else realize he's not getting better? He's actually kind of regressed in certain areas. And when they were saying best prospects since Andrew Luck, I think I was the only person who said, I think Zach Wilson will be better. And clearly that's not true. But I wasn't wrong to have questions about Trevor Lawrence being this golden child. And with his, you know, Daniel Jones-esque stats that he has, uh, it, you know, he missed. And I just feel like Caleb Williams on that Clemson roster or Caleb Williams on 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 what Jalen Monroe has. Like, if Caleb Williams played on – if he didn't just go, I'll go wherever you go, Lane Kevin. If he transfer portaled in this current age and looked at the landscape and went to a team that really did just need a quarterback, not UNC, USC – I did just would be a different conversation. And yeah, if you were white, you just wouldn't even be a conversation. You guys would have already traded Justin Fields. So I feel that way until proven otherwise. End of rant. <laughs> and that, yeah, I mean, you obviously were within your right to feel that way. I think so much of this is a conversation too about just organizational malpractice. We can have the same conversations about these other quarterbacks we did with Justin Fields around. He's victim of people not designing an offense around him, it's around his skill set, um, which I think is, again, just does him a disservice. But I think at the end of the day, you don't need Steve Young every week to win a Super Bowl. So the Bears have to decide, do I, get a, do I get enough talent back, plus Justin Fields' new salary, to justify – Keeping him, knowing that you don't need a superstar a la the 49ers model to make that happen. Because they're already an eight-win team now, right? So it's, they, have to, they have to make a decision. But they don't have it's, that it's many a big wins, one. do they? <laughs> yeah, I think. I think they're seven, didn't they're 79. Should, I mean, I guess I wouldn't be surprised by that, but I would be surprised by that. Yeah, seven to nine. Um, the my uh, my caveat, and then we'll end this. My my caveat is that I agree with what you. Everything you just said is true. If it were any other team, but the team that's never had a quarterback and passed up on Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, took Mitch Trubisky, and the best quarterback they've ever had is Jay Cutler until maybe now. And I understand why the fear of, but this is, but this guy might be the best we've ever had. I understand why the fear of letting him go is for like an unknown 
is scary, but I'm just going to tell you, if Caleb Williams goes on to be what maybe he could be, right? And again, just CJ Stroud had the best rookie season I've ever seen, and no one saw that coming. So I'm not saying Caleb Williams could do that, but, I mean, people would look – would not would have expectations for Caleb Williams that we didn't have of CJ Stroud. And if yeah. Chicago again passes up on a guy who becomes face of the league type of good and is just eight and eight or eight and nine and it's the same thing of he's good but yeah which is what they've had for 40 years. I and they I just feel like as a fan because as a front office person, I already said what I think. As a fan, I don't want to watch maybe the next possible guy go again for a guy that we have that we are 50-50 on. It's not like, yeah, we are sold. I mean, if you feel that way, fine. But to me, 50-50 on. And so if I'm 50-50 on something, give me the guy who I'm 50-50 on who might – even be better and it's certainly better at throwing the ball. Like I don't even I don't want to be disrespectful, but you can't tell me Caleb Williams isn't better at throwing the ball than Justin Fields. So just off of that or the, just the amount of throws that there are to make. Justin Fields is not like, bad at throwing, but he is not Caleb Williams at throwing. So we'll see. Uh, but I just if I'm the, the Bears It'll be a circus also. We got our Caleb Williams family Say very clear, they don't want to go to Chicago. He wants to go to Washington. He's from Bethesda. They have the second pick for now. I get it. That is perfect, right? You got Magic Johnson, Josh, new ownership. Um, he's going home. My only request would be they can't draft him until they fix their field and their stadium. Like, you're not allowed to have Caleb Williams with such just cursed. Everyone gets hurt on your field, and your stadium is quite legitimately falling apart and does not have running water or hot water at times. So uh, they can't have him until they fix that, but that's what they want. Like that's, that's, it's obvious. And if that's what the bears are going to do, they might trade to somebody who ends up taking Drake May first. And Caleb still goes like, I'm not even ruling that out. I, if I were betting, I would bet on Drake May first overall. Cause it would pay better. Yeah. But we'll, good luck with that. We will have all off season to talk, and um, it'll be interesting either way. Let's get to games. We're gonna start at the big one, and then we're gonna talk about Florida State and Georgia, and then we're gonna talk about the uh, Sugar Bowl. So the big one to me, in terms of just what there is to talk about, is the Rose Bowl, which is you know the granddaddy of them all most beautiful game in sports the tv looks like it smells delicious and just feels great and it, like i've said before if you're a northeasterner like myself it's freezing cold and dark and gray outside and looking at that tv is the you know visual melatonin that i need for that day right that the first day of the new year so it's a beautiful scene old school college football michigan alabama Two corny-ass bands in the Parade of Roses, which the Rose Bowl, for those who don't know, the Rose Bowl, the game, the football game itself, 
least important thing that happens at the Parade of Roses. Um, as big as it is and as much as we all watch it, least important thing that the Rose uh, Parade of Rose Committee cares about. Like the parade, the pageant, all the stuff that people actually don't really know about the Rose Bowl and all that money and all that richness. The football game is like, oh yeah, there's a football game. And it's why it's at the time that it is. It's because it has to be a certain hour and a half removed from the parade, but not to interfere with other stuff that goes on. People on the East Coast are complaining about that start time because it messes up the Sugar Bowl and it was one in the morning when we had to go to bed. But the Parade of Roses is bigger than the game. Do some Googling on that. The football game, though. I've made my thoughts on Michigan really clear, so I'm going to try to sound as not like a hater on this as possible. I'm going to start with compliments, and then I'm going to let you talk. Their defensive line is incredible, but we all knew that. I think I said that. The two things I said is their D-line is incredible. Their secondary is really good, and probably more guys I could cover than Bama has that can get open. We saw both of those things. All that on display. We're 100% on on display. Those Those are the two things I said about them. That's what they did. I said J.J. McCarthy would have to play well. He tried to play bad and <laughs> ended up playing well. Literally, the first play of the game, he was like, I'm here, y'all, and tried to throw the ball directly to Alabama. Uh, he's an inch or a foot out of bounds away from completely just the game going a whole different direction that no one's ever going to remember. Um, so it doesn't really matter, right? That's how we're doing this. Um, so, you know, he, he did that. He technically didn't turn the ball over because the one time he did didn't count. And he did what he needed to do, despite the fact that their team didn't really do nothing. But before I get to that, I I will not do any hating. I will say that about Michigan. I will let you talk, and then I will will say what I have to say about this game in general. Because I'm going to sound like a hater if I talk too much. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Michigan. Michigan definitely deserved to win, given how they played from start to finish. Um, I did watch the whole game. I watched part of the second half again as well. This is not a feeling. All this is an opinion, obviously, but this is a feeling I have. My impression was Alabama did a lot more to lose the game than Michigan did to win it. A thousand percent. And I feel that way mostly because of all of the just self-inflicted mistakes that Alabama made. It felt like... Hold on. I just want to not to interject. And I very rarely, I know, I understand it's a team game. The center couldn't snap the football. Did not snap the football. So, to an extent, I can't even say the, the mistakes. Like, Alabama made some mistakes defensively. They were blowing coverages left and right at times. But offensively, quite literally, if the snap is wrong, this whole play, it doesn't matter what I call. It it doesn't matter. Nothing matters now. That happens so many times. So many times. So much of those plays are about timing. Every play. Even if it's not a turnover. (laughs) It is. Jalen (laughs) Miro has to bend over, put his head to the turf, then look up, then see everybody's like, that's – that disrupts the entire play, especially negative, yeah. on uh, on QB dives. Yeah, it's a negative play every time. The last play of the game, the obvious place that everybody turned. 
Um, it, I, I, you know, I want there to be a run pass option, but the quarterback draw has worked for them all year. If the snap is a regular snap, he's getting. It was a pass. I've he, seen the, the replays of it on yeah, YouTube. Yeah, like, yeah. The, if, if it was a regular if, snap, a regular he had snap a, he had he's away. getting he's getting hit at the one yard line, not in the backfield. Um, every single one of those snaps that were bobbled was a negative play, except for maybe two. I tried to keep track. Um, the third quarter. The Alabama legitimately spent a quarter and a half doing absolutely nothing, and Michigan was like, "Well, we're not going to do anything." So, like, what what's going to happen here? Alabama's third quarter drives, a nine play drive that ended in a punt in large part because of botch snaps took them back, is a nine play drive of twenty seven yards. The reason it's twenty seven yards is because they had yards and they didn't, and they did it again. They had a three play drive, six yards punt, just. Shitty. Okay, maybe Michigan stopped them on that one. They scored a touchdown then in the third quarter. Um, that nine-play drive to start the second half, though, they ended up punting it. They were in scoring range, and then yep. they went backwards. Yep, had all botch, the momentum. Botch snaps. There was also some false start penalties going. But again, in that, you know, team game. But the, the most frustrating thing in a football practice is when your center messes up the snap. Right. When the quarterback, they don't even like when the quarterback has to reach in a certain direction that isn't just snap it to his chest. And her curves is also on the call. Strangely trying to blame. Jaylen oh, my Moore, God. So much. It was so yeah. much the quarterback's <laughs> fault. And I'm like, yo, he's what in an athletic stance because of how he's having to take these snaps. I'm like, I'm I was losing my mind. Watch the game. My sister and her boyfriend. Thank you. Like I told Gabby, stay out the room because I'm gonna be yelling. We don't need that environment for the baby. Like I'm gonna be <laughs> yelling if Michigan in this game goes a certain way. And again, like if if anyone thought I was gonna come on here and be like, you know what, I was totally wrong about Michigan. They are good. Look at they they just proved that they're good. If if anybody watched that football game and that's what your takeaway from that game was that 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 Alabama did everything to lose the game and were three yards away in overtime from tying it up. If your takeaway from that is Michigan is truly good the best and, team in the country. and this is because yeah. I read, you know, look, good for them. They made the plays that they needed to make when they were there to be made. Um, they, their defensive line outperformed Alabama's offensive line yet. And still Alabama could have beat them by two touchdowns, but that's doesn't matter. Michigan did what they needed to do. Yep. Um, I will question what the hell, what the hell Jim Harbaugh is doing, calling timeouts with nine seconds left before punting the football. I will question why Nick Saban's not taking timeouts earlier to try to get some time with the football and regulation. Like I will absolutely question that. This might sound crazy. I will question: Is the backup center such a liability that you can't put him in because if he's not? The negative impact that this dude throwing the ball on the ground to start every play is having on your offense might be worse than if your center, who backup, could snap it regular, is just a little worse of a blocker because your O-line's getting beat down anyway. You're trying not to run into the teeth of that defense for the most part uh, whenever you can help it. So that was just something I was like, how bad do things have to get like, does he have to snap it into the end zone and the other team recovers it for a touchdown before they think about – because any other position, if you keep playing this poorly, like if you just kept fumbling it as a running back or you had 
four or five drops as a receiver. You're sitting. You have four interceptions or like you, you can't play anymore because you're hurting the, the other 10 of us. So this is not to come after this kid. But why I say team game is because it is a team game. And if one person out there is not doing what, like, is not up to it, is for whatever reason, is not up to snuff. Too big of a at, moment, at whatever. Doesn't jitter, even matter. Whatever. Like, doesn't even matter, right? Like, at this stage, you we can't have you jeopardizing it for everyone else. We can't. Like, there are other people not playing their best. But the level of mistake that I'm talking about from that position, this is not letting up sex. This is not, like, this is... You can't stop fumbling. You keep throwing the ball to the other team. You haven't caught a pass. This is the you know this is the equivalent of that. Like this is a you know, running back linebacker. Not you've missed eight tackles in the hole. This is that. Like this is that, but it's worse because the whole play is snap it to me, and he's like no, no, no. So I I just I could not watch that game and be like. If Michigan wins this, this is going to be about how they were up to snuff with the SEC and da 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 da. And no. what I what I see is they the wor- they the happen worst, to win. <laughs> what I see is the worst <laughs> Alabama team of this run, best Nick Co- Nick Saban coaching job ever. Worst team talent wise played a bad game and were three yards away from tying it in overtime against the best Michigan team I guess that we've ever seen in the modern era or in this playoff era. So take that as a victory if you want, Michigan. I'm going to transition over unless there's anything else from this game that, like, Nick, we could go big picture now. It looks like Jim Harborough is leaving. Got a new agent. Got an NFL agent. Got Don Yee. Yep. Got the the Tom Brady agent. Please don't come to Tom Brady's team, which is the Raiders. Stay away. Um, But he's got a new agent. Shamar Moore, there was a reason. Sharon Moore, sorry. Like, he was one of the hottest coaching candidates in this carousel. Hasn't moved. Name didn't really come up in any of these cycles. Like I mentioned, he seems to know this could be my job if I just wait it out. Um, that is interesting. I wonder. It, it seems like either way it goes. He's out. If he loses to Washington, he's definitely out. If he wins, I guess he could say we. I brought them a title, and no one would really be mad if I leave because <laughs> I got the title. But um, seems like I actually read out. this morning that they're going to be doing, you know, this NCAA, so who knows, a more full review of the Michigan program. So there could be another suspension oh, yeah. for him coming. Yeah, there's more coming from that. Like there, and it's not even all from the science and stuff. They just, you know, he was just doing stuff left and right. Half of it's recruiting, like the NC violations that I don't care about, like recruiting and all that stuff. Like you know, I don't respect those. The 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 Connor the Stallion scandal was a thing that I was like, this might be a bridge too far, just because of how deep and how ridiculous and how it just it was, was wild that he was at the game just, with just, Michigan players. Yeah, it was Michigan just players. like, but it's also what's crazy is that remember the whole like yo know, other teams might have like benefited, like he might have been helping other teams out and like other like so I don't know how deep that goes. The rumor is, like, whatever suspensions come, Michigan won't have any vacated wins. It's not going to take the championship away, nothing like that. Of course not. But but he might be hit with suspensions. So to avoid all that, again, he might go to the NFL. NFL did yeah. say something about whether or not he could coach you, depending on how that all went. I don't know whether we'll see that. But that's just, you know, I think that's interesting that it didn't even wait till after the championship season to start to start setting that up, a position in that. So. 
Yeah. Something, something to keep an eye on there. He's out. It's, Boy, it, we'll have another, this, another this is episode the, about that. Yeah, it's like this is the first time maybe that it doesn't just look like he's doing it for an extension because he already got the extension. This looks like now he's actually considering it. And can they give him any more? <laughs> yeah, they're like, yo, we don't have can any, they more. Do any more for him. <laughs> yeah. Um, he's getting the bonuses for the playoff victory for the college football appearance for all like he already got his max bonus level, plus they did the extension. And got a share he, of the now, final four earnings. Yeah, now he's got super Asian Don Yee. He's like, nah, I want even more money. Michigan saw that. They're like, well, we're probably out of this game. Um, so I don't know what NFL franchise he's going to. Good luck with that. Like, he seems to have a track record of burning people out one way or the other. But whatever. Um, that's that side of it. We'll get to – I guess we'll end with the preview to the national championship. So we'll swing back around to Michigan. The Bama side of things – Right away, people are like, Nick Saban should retire. And I was like, wait, wait a minute now. Like, you think after his, after his best coaching season, where he will probably only get better players and the team will only be more talented, you're telling me he should stop now? Why would he, like, why? He seems to have figured out this new NIL transfer landscape territory just fine. And yeah, I'm not finally getting like, my legs up under I me. think he's like, yeah, wait, you guys just changed the game up to try beat me, might I add. And I'm still I'm still here. Like I'm still still running with y'all. So I don't think that's gonna happen. But I, I just found that interesting. They're saying like this is he should retire. Like it's not that the game is passing by, but that the landscape of college football is flattened. So it's not just Alabama and, and a couple of the schools at the top. It's um it's everyone now and uh yeah that might be but you just saw what he did with like one of his considerably like everybody else would love to have this team for Nick Saban in Alabama this was a quote-unquote down year and they just played for a spot in the final Yeah, I also am less inclined to say. I mean, he this is a good coaching job this year for sure, but this is also a team that is blue chip recruit up and down the roster. So it's not like the cupboards bare there anyway. They're they're young, uh, haven't played together a lot, but this is this is still a really talented team. Yeah. So again, by Alabama standards, it's uh, it would rank on the lower end for the standards of college football they would kill to have recruiting classes so, so great. So absolutely um, don't get him not continuing this. Like, I feel like he would leave. I feel like he would have the type of season, like, this is Nick Saban's last season, y'all. Like, I feel like we would know it's his last season. Uh, I, right, yeah. I, I just don't feel like he would just kind of be like, well – Unless he won a trophy and went out on top, I don't feel like he would just be like, you know, all right, I'm a, just gonna retire. I think we would we would need time to give Nick Saban his flowers, so to speak, in the present. I'm sure time. Nick Saban is recruiting this very moment. Oh yeah, he a part of him celebrated after the loss because he's like, yes, early recruiting jump. Now back on the trails. Um, so yeah, Alabama's not going anywhere. Thankfully, I haven't seen any Alabama's dead necessarily, but like him, the talk about him retiring made me think: Are people really going to fall for that again? Because you tried to say they were dead last year when they didn't make the playoff, and now they're right back in it. 
with a team that wasn't even, you know, the best team in the SEC. Because you know those folks are impossible to please over there. Yeah, they are. I get it. If they, you know, more than anything, less than championship will not stand. So I get it. But let's talk about the actual best team in the SEC. Let's talk about the real, you know, number one overall seed or whatever you want to say. Because the more I think about it, the more I think it's hilarious that they decided Alabama was the fourth team. Why? Because wins matter and the games matter and they beat Georgia, so they're in. Why is Florida State not in? Well, wins don't really matter that much, especially not if you win all your games. Then they only matter so much. Um, so I, the more I thought about it, it was just like, what a ridiculous logic that we arrived at to get Rose Bowl, like I said, television show, top 10 cable broadcast of all time, the Rose Bowl, Alabama, Michigan, which is what they, you know, this is what the goal of this thing is. I think what bothers people is it's called the college football playoff. Should be called the college football invitational because that's truly what it is. They're going to invite four teams for a right to wear a crown, and it's television. They picked. They didn't know if this was going to be a good game. Ended up being close, good by certain measures, whatever. But what they did know is twenty two point seven million people are going to tune in, making it the ten of all time, the ten most watched cable broadcast ever. So. That is the dirty, the dirty, loud secret of this sport. Well, see, you say that, but I'm just saying, I'm just letting everyone know that's what this is. This is not who's the best, who's the most qual. That's not what this is. This is we just put on an event that will generate more money for our broadcast partners and therefore the clients who advertise with us than anything in recent memory out in Super Bowl doesn't count. Obviously, that's a network. Like that that as the victory will there is no incentive to not do that. Putting Florida State in this game served no one outside of Florida State, Florida State fans, and purity of competition. But purity of competition doesn't generate 22 million viewers as they see it. So I just I'm just saying that so everyone understands how this all really worked. And with 12 teams, less so, but still, how can we put on the best 10 or 5, I guess it's going to be 10 teams play each other five matchups and then final four possible. And that's what it's going to be. So just everyone understand that now that this is a business, which is why pay the kids because the tickets for the national championship are more expensive than the tickets for the Super Bowl. So Yikes. the the players are employees. They should have a union. It should be collectively bargained on. You should pay them as such. Are they going to class we'll, next week? Like, what's, what's happening? <laughs> we will eventually get to that point. But like everyone, that's that's also why I bring up the money on one side to bring up the inequity on guess where all this money and where all these decisions, like guess where all that is going and guess who's not like, that is why I bring up the 22 million viewers, top 10, not just because the schools want it and the broadcast partners and the conferences, these players need that money. This is ridiculous. It is the, some of the biggest, it is now proven to be, some of the, the the second, at worst, third valuable 
property, commodity, in entertainment that you could sell today is college football. It might be, well, if you're going in the world, it's soccer, the NFL, and then college football. So pay the players. Quick note on that. But let's talk about the best team in the SEC. It's Georgia. To me, they were always one of the four best teams. We, I think, have always been in agreement on that one. I think we were consistent all year on two things. Georgia was the, an unequivocal best team. And Washington should have been ranked above all the other teams the rest of the yes. way because of what they did, uh, which we'll get to Washington probably next. But I want to talk Georgia Florida And Jalen Daniels, that was the other... Yeah, and Jane Daniels. I think there's a – I've listened to most of our old stuff just because eventually we're going to do a look back where we were right, where we were wrong. It's not a lot of wrong. Just want to point that out. And I think part of it is because we're not just doing takes. We're not just out here just like making, you know, picking a side or doing a thing. Uh, I think the non-biased, non-emotional uh, viewpoint of a sport can often lead to just seeing it a little better than if you're just like tainted yeah. by bias on whatever side or the other. So and even we watch, I, we do the work of actually watching, yeah, and watching, watching games. the games, watching games, which I am convinced committee does not. I know people who talk about college football on TV clearly do not, um, but that's fine. I mean, they watch what they watch is some of them. They watch the top 25, the eight o'clock game on ABC, the, the noon game, like they watch those games and yeah, we're watching like a name a conference, name a team. I've seen them, seen them play, seen them play multiple times. So like that, that does help. Um, when Alex Orgy gets in the game for Michigan, and I'm like, all right, guys, it's Orgy time, and everybody's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, oh, I forgot. You guys don't. This is just you're just tuning in now. You don't know about this big giant backup quarterback that they have, whose nickname just happens to be Orgy, that they throw in there because they don't trust JJ McCarthy for every snap. Um, but that that'll be a good show. We'll do that show soon. Georgia, Florida State. I want to hear from you on the Florida State part of it. I'll we'll save the Georgia part for 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 next because I think that's kind of quicker. But the Florida State part of this. What were your thoughts as you're seeing this unfold? I mean, that was. A good effort by George by Florida State second and third string. Yeah. Uh and Georgia did what they were supposed to do against Florida State second and third string. I really don't think it's any more complicated than that. I'm saying that a little bit tongue in cheek. But that's what we saw. We saw a team that didn't have anything to play for, a mm -hmm. team that was missing I think eight starters and something like nineteen rotation players. Mm -hmm. I think if you have that kind of attrition at any school. It's going to be hard to compete against any other school. Period. Just the way that college football works. Yeah. So, um, that my, it wasn't. I didn't think it was going to be that bad. I'll say that. But no, I was no. surprised. No, not really, because Georgia didn't have any defections. Everybody played, they and a, they wanted to prove a point. And so that's, that's what we saw. So let me ask: Why? Why did Georgia? want to prove more of a point than the team who felt that they were just left out of the playoff than the team whose quarterback said he wished he broke his leg earlier so that they could all see that it was just more than him only for the team to be like, nah, actually it's not one for one for all. So I, it bothered me a little bit that 
the team that had more that was like out there to prove a point is the team that won the last two national championships. I won 28 straight games. We all knew to be one of the four best teams. We know we'll be one of the four best teams next year in a 12 team playoff might not miss it for the next 10 years. Why did that team come out and play like everything was on the line and Florida state, because they didn't all defect right away. Why did Florida State one by one start defecting as the days went by? Other than my theory of the more tape you watch on Georgia, the more you start to question, why would I do this? <laughs> why would I subject myself to this pain and embarrassment? Nah. Like, because why I it I, I will I do question a little bit. Huh. Like I'm not not from that game, but from a sustain culture building sustainability moment. I looked at that as a moment for Florida State and anybody who was not. I'm not talking about if you're transferring, and I felt like I guess and I guess transfer portal changes that. But I looked at that as an opportunity for them to show how how much of a fight are you going to put up in this game can you put up because we had heard georgia's taking this so seriously like so seriously they are this is like a national championship to them that's the all for two weeks i was reading that didn't really hear much out of florida state other than drop out drop out dropping out dropping out not holding not knocking these kids for it it was a disappointment to see damn that's how this is that's how this season is gonna end just with like, yeah. just like that, just like, eh, we were in the playoff. So, you know, we're not going to like Georgia also not in the playoff. Georgia also 13 and one. So I just, I, I would, I, I was disappointed that that was the effort. I, I hear you. Yes. There were people sitting out the new in today's college football. People sitting out, transfers, backups, like this. I guess this is the new age where your second and third string quarterback or third or fourth running back with some of these guys, they they're not Georgia. Maybe they're not. I'm not saying beat Georgia, but no touchdowns, off field goal, not stopping them once. Like all all of those things were just like, come on. That's there's there's sitting out and talent deficiency, and then there's. Oh, you guys just don't care. Like you guys, zero effort, not playing for anything, completely quit on the season, which is fine. If, like I, or like you know, which is what it is. But then I would just ask, so what's what's the next what's next year? Next year is gonna be like wipe the slate clean, like because I do believe in building a culture. Build like there will be some players who played and got their ass kicked in that game who are going to be playing minutes next year. What are like what are you taking? What are we building? What's is it just hit the transfer portal, get the – hopefully we get some people in here and, and we're right back you know, we're at the top of the ACC. I, I, that, I, that was just a little bit of like a mm, – all, all season I have been complimenting the job that Mike Norvell has done to get to this point. And you know, you're responsible to a degree for how your team plays to get to this point and – put that team on the field that produced that effort just made me go, whoa, that's like no, no other college football team played that bad all bowl season. 
Like to be the worst, to be the worst team in all of the bowls, that's like I don't think we can just be like, well, they had opt outs, they didn't make championship. All the bowls of ever, they didn't that's, count. Yeah, that's all the bowls of ever. Yeah, in the history of bowls, <laughs> to be the worst performance in bowl history, that to me it was just like I, I, I it, I'm not, I don't want to make more of it than it needs to be, but I can't say it's nothing. It's definitely something. I don't. We'll see what, but it is absolutely something because that was just that's embarrassing. Well, I think I think we said it already too. I, I would feel differently if this wasn't the case for them the entire second half of the season. It was adversity. It was injuries. Stuff the other teams sure face as well. But they were the only one getting penalized for it in the polls. And so they have to do that week after week after week, do everything you were supposed to do, and then still at the end be told, ah, you're out the dance. I'm sure it's demoralizing. And, yeah, it's beneath what they thought they were going to have to do. I mean, that's a part of it. Yeah. I don't take that as an indictment on their culture because I think that same culture got them to that point this whole time where they could have quit a month ago before the Florida game. Um, and they didn't. I think the other thing, too, is even if they address everyone, they're not going to beat Georgia with a third-string quarterback. That's the other reality here. No, I'm not they're looking for a back victory already transferred. <laughs> and so, well, I, but I, I think they are. I mean, they're undefeated. They've been playing to win all year. So yeah. No, I mean, I'm not they, saying they that. They legitimately didn't have anything to play for. Yeah. I'm not saying that they weren't looking for a victory. I, as a as a spectator, was not looking for them to win. I was looking to see how close to a 21-point spread could they get. So to get the worst bowl <laughs> performance of all time. Um, and again, like, I, yeah, third-string quarterback, but I will say, and not, not they did not play Georgia, but Arizona played a third straight quarterback who's about to be the future of their program, as did Tennessee. So there's just schools out there that's like, you know, their backup quarterbacks played played well. I know they didn't play Georgia, but also, you know, they're not Florida State. It, they're on level closer of a level playing field in those games. So I, I it's hard a sixty point loss to and worst bowl loss ever to just kind of be like, all right, just forget that that one happened because like that's that was an opportunity. I guess you could say, you know, you're not playing for anything because it's not a national championship. But if you yeah, if you are playing like if you've won all year, and if you if there is if there was not a feeling in that locker room that this is a game that we could win, thus why play? Okay, I I guess I would say I, that's logical. I don't know how that would fly in football culture, but I could like, but it's it's logical. It's not game not going <laughs> to win if. Or if I'm going to the NFL, yeah, therefore but, I'm not playing, and, and it's were, your entire defense. Yeah, I I mean Georgia's got players going to the NFL too, like in that, and they that, didn't, that play that decide to play that play. They're they're right, yeah, right, and so that's why I would just look and be like, see, there's 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 a culture on the other side of the field who you're aspiring to be, who everyone is aspiring to be. The Georgia's bet, like there's a certain like you're aspiring to that. And I could look at Georgia 
And also, and I can look at Georgia in a completely different situation. Like you could flip and be like, Georgia has absolutely nothing to play for here. Like they, Georgia went from number one team to completely out of the dance to six. So, and they already have a loss. Florida State is truly trying to preserve an undefeated season. That's never happened in Florida State football before. So that maybe that's something that 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 is something to play for. So so I'm just there was a culture on the other side of the field that could have been like all, sure. our whole our whole sure. team is an NFL team. Like they're playing. So it's just I'm not I'm not saying play like we already said like each player's individual how they assess their future and what decisions they make is totally up to them. And I'm not begrudging the individual. It is absolutely a team indictment when you lose by 60 points worst bowl game ever to one extent or the other. Either it's a sign like, hey, Mike Norvell, if you want to be Georgia or you want to be close to those teams, your second string and third string guys need to be better than they are. I'm not saying they need to be like, you know, beat Georgia level maybe quite yet, but maybe that's just a sign like depth matters not just the if you hey injuries are going to happen or you might lose a guy or whatever depth matters so I, i'm just saying there's there's more to be learned here i think than just like well they got screwed in the playoff decision guys sat out you know throw that one out i think there is more of a lesson here in terms of like and the fact that it was georgia which it shouldn't be it should have been alabama georgia should have been playing michigan and I would have loved to see how that game would have looked. But I, I just think that was kind of a, maybe a ironic kind of, this is the team that you're aspiring to beat, essentially. Oh, yeah. And, Despite what I'm saying, there's yeah. no reason to lose in that fashion by that many points for any reason. So, so I, I can see that. So that one, you know, that's a tough way, again, on such a good season, tough way to go out. Um, now, K.J. Jefferson – I mean, not KJ Jefferson, sorry. DJ, DJU is transferred to Florida State, right? DJ Angalu Alea, la, 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 la. Woo! Florida State transfer. I'm so excited. So Yay. we get to see how that, <laughs> we get to see how that looks back to the ACC. Things didn't work out at Clemson. Let's see how they work. Things seem to go pretty good at Oregon State, but let's see how they go now at Florida State. Um, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's and when we talk about some of these other bowl New Year's six games, like Florida State wants to be in the company of some of these other teams, especially as we are expanding the playoffs. So you know, it's just it, it's not just you versus Georgia so much as like you versus like look what Ole Miss is doing or look where you know Missouri's on the rise or these other programs who aren't didn't have the season Florida State just had or aren't at that level yet or Notre Dame trying to build something, right? Or like is Clemson truly dead yet? Like those in the in the topic of those conversations, as you compare this game, it's just like, whoa. Like if you're going air which direction the arrow is going headed into next year based on how you performed the last, it it the the lowest arrow is Florida State, right? So they just have the most to kind of next year start and play well for based on what we last saw from them, so to speak. Mm -hmm. uh, but let's get to, I mean, again, Georgia, we knew like Georgia should have been in the playoff, never should have dropped from one to six. It was ridiculous. Um, shout out to them. Shout out for, you know, deciding and being like, you know, yeah, we're still, we're still going to do this. Like playoff committee did whatever they did. Um, 
they may be, I mean, Alabama could say they beat them straight up, but you watch the team that beat you go and lose to Michigan. I don't know if you feel better or worse about it. Um, I don't know if you feel like if that were us, we could have beat them, you know, whatever. But uh, both teams, this game aside, obviously Georgia ended on a high note, but both teams, this game aside, had really good seasons. So next year for both programs, obviously Georgia, Florida State now too, expectations are high. Um, I We could go back to the playoff. Or do, do we want to end with the – we're going to do the preview. So do you want to talk Texas now and then do a preview, Texas-Washington at the end? Or do you want to do a preview before we – like, or do you want to do a review and then a preview? Or do you want to get to Texas-Washington now or some of the other games? How do you want to do I mean, we might need to do another part anyway because we're probably not have time to do the whole other game, the whole other semifinal game and then the other bowl games to happen. Yeah. Because uh, we didn't get to Oregon. We didn't get to – well, Oregon, we, obviously. we can make Oregon real quick. Uh, Liberty had no, as much as I wanted to root for just a crazy upset, Liberty had absolutely no business being on the field with Oregon. That went exactly how we thought it was going to go. I stole money this weekend with some of these spreads. So that one quick, like I don't, Oregon, uh, they just couldn't beat Washington. They had to play, they had, they had the unfortunate task of playing maybe the best team in the country twice. Uh, outside of that, I, I really think that Oregon could beat any other team in the country. Like, if you put a team in front of them, I think Oregon could beat any other team. You know, maybe – I'm not saying they would every time, but, like, do do you feel like – and that this is not the Liberty game. Like, maybe that's just a reminder of just they're at a, just a machine at times. But you were the one that brought this up just matchup-wise. Washington just might be that team for them that just, you know – and. Hell, mm-hmm. Washington might mm-hmm. be that team for a lot of teams. For like, everybody. <laughs> because Michael Penix Jr. is just crazy accurate, bombing downfield, three NFL receivers. Like, that, they might be that team for a lot of teams. But I feel like Oregon is on the level of, of this season of maybe, you know, any other team, maybe Sands, Georgia. Um, I think they can handle, you know, play with anybody else and, and win. Yeah, no argument here. So impressive That's a big game. show. Impressive game from them. At one point, it was six nothing Liberty, and we were all like, "Huh, oh, ah!" And then it ended, I think, forty nine to nothing. So, uh, or not, I'm um, forty nine nothing. Uh, six. Um, so forty five six. Yeah, good, good for you guys. So we'll just do tell you want to do just Texas Washington game, and then do a preview. Texas Washington, it was the shootout that we all thought it was going to be. I think, um, at least that's the styles of games went about how I thought they would go, with more of a trench battle, slower game in the Rose Bowl, more of a shootout with Texas Washington. Um, that is one of the more impressive performances, quarterback performances that I've. Not, not trying to do hyperbole here, but that I've ever seen. Uh, definitely a, t- a top 10 in terms of moment. Um, throws made under pressure. Just bucket. Like, just certain. He is the type of deep he was ball. He spectacular. The, the type of deep ball thrower that just dropped the trajectory. Russell, Russell Wilson has this as well. Just kind of the, the deep ball 
that gets to the apex Aaron Rodgers with when you think of those Hail Marys the deep ball that gets to the apex and then just falls and dives right over to where it doesn't matter where the defender is because this ball is just going to come in at at an angle that he can't get his hands on it and Penix has done this throughout the year he's done it in the Oregon games did it uh in the Apple Cup did it this game it's it and again it helps when you got Ndunze, Polk, McKaylin, um, like the NFL receivers mm-hmm. just across the board. But they those guys always bring those catches in, and it makes the defense and and Texas DBs to their credit, which is one of the weaker parts of their team. To their credit, they were pretty sicky in some of these coverages, but it just didn't matter. Like the the accuracy the Penix was on, just was phenomenal so i gained a even higher le- i've seen it before but i gained an even higher level of respect because it even seemed like he had sped his release up a little bit on some of these throws to where i hadn't really seen before it was a different level of respect i'm also seeing now rumblings of a mid-season rib injury that explains some of the kind of middling performances and mm. lack of zip we've seen over the course mm. of the year. And of course it's the time of year where yeah, some of say, that comes that out. Comes, but it all comes given out what now. we saw <laughs> given what we saw like, the most sense. of the year, like it does make sense. Yeah. I could I could see that. Um yeah, I, I, I could definitely see that. And because he was spinning that ball on Monday. Yeah, it can, uh, and that was you know the time off it is always the best like heal, you know, elixir for these teams when you get this month off to really heal up. Um, because that was the, that was the talk about JJ McCarthy as well, right? Is that he had had a shoulder injury at some point, I think either during or leading up to the Penn state game. And cause wasn't that the half where he just didn't, once they got the lead, he just did not throw a pass. Now part yeah. of that was strategy, but also part of it, they said, I think he hurt his shoulder. And so, just from him as well, throwing the ball in the Michigan game, I do have to say you you could see a zip on some of those passes that in the Ohio State game, in the Maryland game, I remember just being like, it, 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 these balls are dead, right? So quarterbacks are going to help the – you see in the zip. I mean, Quentin Ewers too, right? Quentin Ewers has been banged up. Some of the throws he was making, his arm, I see why, um, you know, NFL prospect-wise, I can see him being a, a backup <laughs> Like I could see, I don't know that, or a he could, or he could get a start and maybe be a bridge type of guy. But like, you see the skills with no, him. No, he is talent. Yeah, um, he is talent. And and you and but Penix, like I I saw even a higher level of touch accuracy again. If 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 an injury was in play earlier, to where I wasn't seeing some of those things, and and then in this game. Not all season, I wasn't seeing it, but there was a stretch there where I was questioning, you know, he's struggling on, on, it seems that he struggles on these types of throws. Certainly if your ribs hurt, that can play a role. Um, we didn't see any struggle against Texas. Hell of a season by both. I think Texas, this, obviously Washington State goes on, or Washington mm-hmm. goes on. This is a huge season for them. They're playing in the national championship. The first team without a single five-star recruit to do so. I have said this before. You want a coach Incredible. that can you want a coach that can recruit real super good and don't know how to coach? Or do you want a coach who, okay, I might not get the same level of recruits, but I will outcoach you. What do you what what do these schools want? Because I know 
what I would want, but that's just my preference. Uh, Kalen DeBoer, Ryan Grubb, O coordinator, those two in tandem uh, understand. Now, first of all, it's funny. It also shows that five-star and recruiting composite rankings only mean so much. I'm looking at three NFL receivers, yet no five-star recruits. So some <laughs> don't really add up there, right? But it is what it is. Um, but those the way that those guys work in tandem, understand offense, play to the strength of their receivers, their team, to Penix, um, I think their mentality, they're just never scared. We're bombing at 20 yards. Most of these college teams are afraid. you got a whole conference in the Big Ten that they're joining that's afraid to, like, do offense just afraid to put the ball in the air bad things happen right and mission and and you throw it, throw it. just throw it up to a receiver why, yeah why would i throw it what, you, what what do you what i don't even i can't even wrap my mind about what is that i will toss it to a running back that is the extent of ball in air um but you got washington oregon about to come into that conference saying nah we're, we're like we go deep we bomb every play there could be a 30 yard chunk play coming so Guard it every time. And even if we don't, we'll, we'll hand it off underneath. You took guys out of the box. So the way they play, to me, signals national champion. I won't get – we'll get to the game breakdown eventually or, or a little preview maybe down the road. But I – that I, – I put a little future bet on them to win the championship. Definitely had them over Texas. Really good weekend on the books. But – um. I, this team seems like they have been destined to go on this run and win a championship since the season started when they were blowing every team out of the water, running through that Pac-12 gauntlet that we looked at, just looking at the, that schedule of go play Utah, then Oregon, then go play USC, then Arizona, then Oregon State, then Apple yeah, Cup, really then, then Oregon again, now play Texas. Like the, the what they have done to get to this point um, versus no shade, what Michigan has done. Take like the Bama win. Okay, they got that one. But prior to that, they beat a Ohio State team that embarrassed themselves against Missouri. Uh, or I should say it wasn't really Ohio State. That team was a Marvin Harrison Jr. team. Apparently, with, when he doesn't play, there's like, well, we didn't practice any other plays, guys. It, so we're going to pack this one in and put a guy who wears number 33 at quarterback. So <laughs> shout out to to Washington for getting to this point, running that gauntlet. And um, are you is that is that it for time? Yeah, so the only other thing I had to add about the game is similar to what I was talking about with – Alabama, Washington very much so survived. They need to clean up whatever that end of the fourth quarter stuff was because they almost blew that game. That's I don't true. know what that was. I did they they cannot that do that against mind. Michigan. Yeah, that's true. I did kind the of clock put that management, out of my mind. the play calling. I was like, "What are y'all? Are y'all trying to lose?" It did. It did get weird. I did kind of at that point. I got and I wonder if they were just like, "It's late. It's the holidays." We're just kind of lacking focus and concentration as a coaching staff, just as a whole team. They're just getting just like the rest of us. We're like, it's so late. Like this game kicked off so late. Um, like obviously the people at ESPN fell asleep at the wheel. They had Mardi Gras just out for the whole public to see. Um, or not Mardi Gras rather, but Bourbon Street. So I, I mean, I feel like 
Yeah, that was weird. They 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 had to add some drama to it. There was a chance Michigan that Texas could have won that game. Um, so you're right that because if I do have to say anything for Michigan, the mental fortitude that they have showed throughout this season, which from the player standpoint, uh, they are not guilty of anything. But there's just been a whole swirl of mess and noise around their program, their coach, uh, all season. And they're not that good, but they've overcome being not that good to get to this point. And so I think there's something for their mental toughness that they've shown, um, like Roman Wilson messing up and then being the hero of the game, you know, like mm -hmm. not like when needed, that made the biggest play of the game after making what looked like the blunder of the game, like just kind of. J.J. McCarthy literally going from first snap, I just threw a pick to thank, thank God, no, I didn't. Let me lead a drive now. Um, staying with the running game, all that. So their mental fortitude is, if anything, Bye -bye. where they have that advantage. But Bye -bye. Washington, uh, it's going to be tough. So we'll we'll talk preview. We'll talk some of these other bowl games too. But Janelle is telling us to wrap it up. So we will, <laughs> she is indeed. So we will wrap it up. And um, – We'll talk to you guys before the championship game, right? So that's on Monday. So it might be a weekend episode. But we'll talk to you all then. See you in bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye, Janelle. <laughs> Peace, Peace y'all.